Thank you, listeners, for being with us on this journey of Curiosity Continuum. We are now in our third year, starting our ninth season. We are excited for what the future holds, and we wanted to celebrate you, the listeners, by looking back at what resonated most with you. Yeah, so we thought maybe periodically we're going to be sprinkling in some encore presentations of certain episodes that everyone really loved. And with that, what we're going to do is kind of riff again on some of these topics, not to uh, respin, but to kind of continue that conversation. We want to explore those regions with you all. So without further ado, here's the encore presentation. Real space, real time, in person, collaboration, or just being in the room together in an increasingly virtual workspace and careers that you can actually just do without ever seeing people face to face. It's important we don't lose the magic of being in the room with others. The things that happen sometimes only happen when you're actually sharing that physical space. So with all this effort and all this attention on continual virtualization, let's not forget that we can be in the room together and accomplish more. And Josh and I are the case study on that. So think about this as we launch out onto the loop and discuss collaboration part two, also known as real space and time collaboration today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We want to do this to you by uh, sharing conversations that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. If you want to receive updates with new content is available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with your friends and with us as we explore topics together. As always, you can find us on curiositycontinuum.com and all of our social media accounts. We thrive on your feedback and we hope we can start a conversation with you soon. So, Josh, let's jump into the discussion today. This is sure. a, kind of a riff on one of our previous episodes on collaboration is essential. This is collaboration part two. Right. Some of this is, like we said in the intro, is just talking about the importance of being in the room together with one another. Absolutely. And and how we are we are the case study. And I, I think um, to kind of like spur us on to this, I brought this up. I was talking to Brian like right before we were going to record another episode, to be honest with you guys. And I said, you know what? Um, you know, in the last year, I think we have seen each other in real, real time, like real together, like flesh and blood, um, more than we have in the last 10 years. And I said, look at all the stuff we've done. You know, we launched this podcast. We've launched some other business ventures. We've done some other stuff together. But all that stuff that we've done, we've done in the last year. Absolutely, we have. And it's interesting that when, especially with an old friend, you, sp you can pick up right where you left off. And as mm -hmm. much as, you know, we can text or, or even talk on the phone, it's just nice just to be able to sit in the room sometimes with somebody. Right, right. And I mean, I know that we sit in the room a lot and we record, we record a lot now because we want content, but we're also recording because we love to record. But I do find that when you and I are in the same room, it just... The recording happens a lot more naturally. It does. I think we read each other's body language. You know, even if you had like full 
body video, like watching somebody, there's little things that you still don't pick up on. Now, it might be because we're old enough where we really had the analog uh, collaborate, you know, in person. I think so. First. Yeah, that's part you of know. it. Yep. It'd be interesting to hear from some of our younger listeners who uh, came, who were born after kind of the digital revolution began to happen, to see how they feel about that because um, they it's probably part of the native language that they've learned to speak as far as being able to do jobs or execute something remotely. To comment like, oh yeah, like I'd love to work remotely instead. And right. at the same time, then I want you to hear like, and do you feel as connected with the world around you and in your relationships? And how are you doing that? Because we're seeing just even pieces of that pop up where, you know, like there's Facebook groups or there's some, it's like, I had an Instagram friend who met in real life. It was so much fun. It's like, well, if you didn't feel the need for the actual real time human connection, then you could just live all your life online. But I think, um, People don't want to just stay that. They want to actually know that there's something happening on the other end of the video screen or the, or the phone call or something. Right. And I also want to put this out there, too. If if you think that the collaboration in the virtual space is a very valid and like you're getting all you can out of that out of that experience, do you think if you met in person, would it be better, same or worse or are you even curious to even try that? Because I think a lot of people, they may work in virtual work environments where they have, you know, a Slack or whatever, and they're like talking to these people all the time, but they're not really talking to them. They're talking to them asynchronously, stuff like that. So I'd be interested in knowing what people think about that. Yeah. You know, um, in some of the businesses that I've seen, there are smaller ones that really try to push virtualization because they can kind of mitigate the cost of having real estate, which is a very real thing, especially as you get into a market like Nashville or, or growing major metropolitan areas, like the cost of real estate is not going down. No, it's going like, up. no, everywhere. Yeah. And especially as you hit major growth and you hit infrastructure constraints, now your 30 minute commute is now 45 minutes and then it becomes 50 minutes and it becomes more and more tenuous to try to come. Um, part of, uh, the constraint sometimes with that is when you have an actual job where you have to physically be there, like a restaurant, like you can't dial in to be a server. Like if, if anybody can actually figure that out, please tell me, cause we will make a lot of money on that idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know? And if you do email that to us, uh, your idea is now our idea. So yes. <laughs> and thank you for your participation in this process. Yeah. Thank you for your process and making us rich. <laughs> <laughs> With um, some businesses, it makes sense because like sometimes the task doesn't require you to do that. And so sometimes I feel like it's really good if you're like a specialist in doing something where it, it actually doesn't matter if you're doing it. Like if you're doing like, um, for example, we have uh, uh, friends who used to be next door neighbors of ours and they both worked remote for a while. And then one of them, I think, started to teach in person, but they would do like curriculum review and they would do textbook revisions and stuff like that, right? For some of the major sure. publishers. Now I understand something like that where like, hey, we found somebody that has a skill set. It doesn't matter where they are. We're going to bring it in. Um, there's a, a guy who lives in um, Cape Coral, Florida, who has a, a great hospitality uh, technology company, and he's got talent from all around the world. And I think in that one, it makes sense because Hotels are all around the world and every right. country in the world has different, maybe specific needs that they're addressing. But I mean, for us, Josh, I mean, let's talk about this because we, our relationship started because 
we hung out in the room together and we were forced to because it was a classroom sometimes. So <laughs> it wasn't like, you know. Let's get real. This was this him. was third grade. <laughs> yeah, this was third grade. The teacher told me I have to sit here with you, whether yeah. I like it or not. Yeah, they were adults. We were not. That's kind of where this worked. <laughs> and when we tried to assert our premature adulthood, we got put back <laughs> in place pretty quick. Yes, we did. Yep. Yes. So anyway, but I know that Josh, being in the same room with you, just to to riff on something, even if it has nothing to do with a t- like a task in hand or on hand, those things become almost cataloged in your mind for later. Sure, which, those little things are actually the thing that makes something the most enjoyable. There's a, a lot of musicians, obviously, around Nashville, which comes as a surprise to nobody. But there's a lot of musicians also too that when they get tired of touring a lot, or they have a family and they want to come on, they do other things. And a lot of musicians end up feeling lonely. And the reason being is because like now they're maybe, let's say they just, uh, they go and they find the job or if they have a business, what they're actually miss is like the, uh, the, inter- the, the old, interaction, the interaction with the band. Yeah. So, you know, like, let's say that you, you're going to do like a little weekend date, for example, right? Let's say you leave early on a Friday morning and you go play the gig on a Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, and you come back Saturday night, which is actually more and more common for folks in Nashville, especially to be able to kind of do that and have your family life during the week and go out and tour on the weekend. But you don't really get paid to play. You get paid for the time to be, do do all the other things. It's kind of like you get to play. That's, that's the, you know, the reward. You get that's to play the music. fun. That's the fun stuff. That's yeah. the fun stuff. So the 95% of the other time when you're actually hanging out with folks and learning about one another, like that's really enjoyable. And people miss that because you, you can't go anywhere. Like you're on a bus or you're on a van for however long you better learn how to figure it out. And if you don't learn to figure it out, you're not going to get the call back to do that. You know? So are you finding Brian? I mean, I know you've done some of this where you've gone for a weekend or you've gone for a few days here and there. Are you finding that the people are, they are talking to one another or are they really like on their devices? Are they doing that kind of stuff? There's actually a lot of talking that can happen. Um, I think we all had some device time if we had other things we oh, were sure. doing. Sure. You know, more and more, especially if you're a working musician of any kind, you always have other multiple things you're doing, you know, whether it's music related or some kind of creative endeavor or something right. like that, or you might be doing other things. You're now kind of weaving that into your life a little bit differently. And everybody's got a little bit different percentage of that, depending on uh, the season or whatever. Part of the way that you learn how to gel as a band is not only just to play together musically, but to understand each other like by to, talking to each sure. other. Sure. To actually like, know somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then you go, oh, I get it. And you learn like, you know, when you have a musician play something, it's cool because like that's an extension of themselves that they're expressing without words. Right. Unless they're a singer, of course. But, you know, like for an instrumentalist, you go, oh yeah, I totally could see how you would do that. And right, it's almost becomes like a second or a sixth sense when you're around that, and because you've learned the people in in a non musical context, you're learning to relate to one another, and that carries over into everything. Um, my I have an old colleague that works for Lyft at in Nashville, and in one of their offices, they had like a really super big video screen or two, and it's like they have the tech team in San Francisco as well as a team in Nashville. And they all have the constant video screen on, so it looks like one big room. And they said, that actually really helps us just to kind of riff back and forth and talk. Because sometimes 
like if you're using Slack or text or something, you kind of have to stop whatever you're doing, turn your attention, right? Type a response. And it's not a seamless. It. It's not a seamless interaction. Yeah, everything starts to feel really fragmented. Like right. you could just, you know, throw off a comment, and I could just go ha, and just and then continue on about my our time together, and not give it a second thought because we actually are more natural in that setting. Sure. So I mean, let's get a, like that's really the application of this. Like if you're gonna if you want to integrate some of this kind of like idea into your own workspace, you want to make it seamless, right? You do. And the other thing that not only seamless, but meaningful. I mean, look, got right. guys and gals, there there are times when like what could have been written in an email was like <laughs> was like a three hour meeting. And if you actually did the 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 calculations of like how much am I paying people on an hourly basis, and if I broke it down. And we're gonna have all those people gather for a three-hour meeting. Could that have been an email? And you of course <laughs> it could. Of course it could, because this guy just likes to hear himself talk. And that's a problem. And Josh, I know it's a side conversation. Brian likes to hear himself talk on this podcast. <laughs> no, not really. That's just the way you are. But that's okay yeah. because what you're saying is meaningful. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> there are some people like I have sat in meetings, Bray, where what they say is not meaningful. <laughs> 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 and you could you could have just done this in a ten minute you know five minute email to me and I would have been okay. <laughs> Something I know exactly. we all would have been actually a lot better if you just yeah we we would have become dumber because of what happened just now you know. <laughs> but no, that is a very valid criticism. Where, like Brian is saying, if if something you're saying in the collaborate, like you want to collaborate with somebody and you're having this big meeting together because. Because you feel like you need the meeting. That may be not be the answer. Correct. Yeah. Don't meet just for meeting's sake. Right. You know, especially in a, in a professional context. Personally, if you want, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's hang well, out. Well, hey, that's, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. Like, I remember uh, on your paper route growing up, like, if you had a paper route to go and I wanted to hang out, I'd just walk with you. Yeah. You know? And we yeah. just talk and do stuff. I think now it's like people are like, wait, you do what? It's like, yeah. Like, like my children- now it's you know like my friends well they got chores like, why don't you help them do chores they're like what do you mean help them do chores it's like <laughs> well do chores you can hang out with them it's like what it, it's kind of weird because this generation almost like they don't think that way right it's like let me go help my friend with the chores because then we can actually hang out and work together which you know it's actually probably a whole other episode we're gonna write that down for later and stuff <laughs> i know that for for josh and i to have the friendship that we had it had to have started in real time and it's really it can be maintained over digital space, but really it's most meaningful when you're there. Absolutely. It's interesting also to find out that you see a lot of co-working spaces and things where people, hey, I can work virtually, but I still want to be around people. And I think that there's a reason why that is. And you actually miss some of your best collaborations because the synergy happens in the room sometimes and it is what it is. And uh, we could probably talk scientifically, metaphysically, all different types of ways about it. But I think everybody knows that when you have people in a room together, it's a much different, meaningful, special thing than just uh, having a big uh, video chat online. Absolutely. So that's, that is the question that we want to pose to you guys that Brian and I have been talking about. We want to pose to you the question of this synergy, this kind of like working together in real space and time. Do you feel that it is more beneficial to you to actually be in the room with somebody or do you feel that you can work better on you know virtually or 
you know, in a Slack space or whatever. And I, I, it depends what you're doing, but I don't think you can, especially if you really break it down to nuts and bolts and kind of what you're doing. I think you also have a better chance of understanding somebody, uh, whatever they're doing or who, how you're relating to them. If you can actually watch them and be there, because right. there are things that you'll pick up on that get lost otherwise. Sure. So I think it's a good place to put a comma in the conversation, don't you think? Yeah, I think so, Bri. Uh, we're now coming to a new section that we're calling Listener Shoutout. And it's basically, it's featuring their feedback or just us showing love to listeners. And the first person we actually wanted to shout out to was Mr. Marcelo LeGrew up in Minnesota. And this is Josh's nephew. And, uh, you know, I've watched him become a little guy to a bigger guy and <laughs> to a really his, big to a really big guy <laughs> really big guy six foot 25 and whatever size he is yeah um but it just in me coming in to uh see where he is in his life I'm, it's really fun to see a young man kind of come into his own right right and uh as brian said this is my nephew and uh love him dearly and he listens to the show and he really he is his feedback has really um shaped kind of the first uh i'd say the first good 15 20 episodes how we were doing things huh brian i believe so yeah it was a it was nice to hear that voice that knew us well enough and be able to be honest with feedback yep so shout out to him and we will be doing more of these in the future so until next time this is brian and this is josh for curiosity continuum Thank mm-hmm. you.